You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seeking Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Crankfield, and it's great to be with you today. So today we're going to be talking about something that most people really, really hate, which is change. We're going to be talking about dealing with change. And you all know that change is inevitable. Something, you know, comes up in your life and knocks off your plan and things get rerouted all the time. Every single day you're dealing with this. But for some reason, we're not very intentional about how we deal with change, how we process change, how we make decisions on the other side of change and things coming into our lives and things happening to us. And so I think that it's really important to kind of just share some tips and things that I've learned over the years of how can we best deal with change? Because, you know, like we talked about, everything is seeking excellence is how can we better be an, uh, a disciple, an ambassador, and a soldier for Christ? And to be those three things, we have to be able to deal with change, even in our practical everyday living, whether that's changing from, you know, it could be something as, as small as, you know, I planned to go to something this morning and it got canceled. I showed up and, and mass was canceled or, you know, or I wanted to go to the gym this morning. I showed up and the gym was closed or, you know, it could be something as big as my girlfriend of, of a year broke up with me or, you know, I'm divorced now or I got out of the army or I had to, you know, move across the country to take a new job. There's some big changes that happen as well. So we're going to talk, I'm going to divide it up into talking about little change and big change, but just some general stuff about change. I think, you know, one of my, my, my favorite things I've ever heard is that it, it, people always say that people hate change, right? And you hear church leaders say this all the time. Leaders in the army will say this all the time in different companies, organizations. Oh, people don't like change. People always want to, we just do things this way because we always end it that way, right? And, and people get very accustomed and kind of stuck in. Families do this as well getting stuck in the routine, getting stuck in the normalcy of what they've kind of created without ever taking the time to evaluate, okay, is there a better way of doing this? Can I, how can I improve this process or this habit or this, uh, you know, whatever it might be, this tradition in the family, whatever, you know, something needs to be improved. And we, we always say humans hate change. And somebody, you know, once pointed out to me that people actually don't hate change. There's nothing about change to hate. People love actually going from uh, you know, one point to a better point or when things improve, people hate the, the time in between. So you have point A to point B. When B is better than A, people love that. People love swapping something out for something new, right? Like for me, I just bought a new car uh, about a month ago now. I love my new car. The process of researching new cars, 
dealing with the dealership, paying the money, like that part sucks, right? But you love the experience of having something better. I hated my Dodge Dart that I had before. I love my new Toyota Camry. And so when you have a transition, when you switch something and you get something that's better than what you had before, people love that. But we have this idea that people hate change. What we really hate is the time in between. It's difficult to stay kind of focused in the midst of that. And so that's what we have to realize. And so sometimes when it comes to this little changes, the little changes that we deal with in our lives, it's up to us whether or not we're going to make those, uh, you know, going from an A to a better B. And sometimes you can't, right? Sometimes it's outside of your control and you're just not going to be able to actually make something better than it was before. You might've had a plan, you know, like I used the example of, of you're going to mass or you want to spend time with your friends, right? Your friend cancels on you. It can be hard at certain times. Like sometimes you just get screwed in life and you can't really make it better, but you can, you can make the most of every situation that you're a part of. And so let's talk about, you know, some of those things that go along with the, the little changes that, that come up in the life. And, you know, one thing that I think is really, really important that we get really bad at or we're not very intentional about is expectation management. And so when you're going through your day, you know, something that you learn, like when, when I was on mission trips in the Dominican Republic, right? Or I went on mission trips to DR three times and once in Nicaragua. And when you're on mission trips, like you kind of, with, with all optimism and hope, like, you know, Sister Lisa taught me that you kind of expect bad things to happen, right? <laughs> you have this expectation that like, things are never going to go perfectly. You have a lot of humans that are involved. There's a lot of weather that's involved. There's a lot of different things that you're kind of counting on and hoping for, whether that's your beaten down truck that you're trying to get around in, or somebody who's going to show up to help you to, you know, do the, the construction work that you're doing that day or whatever, right? Somebody's going to come through with some supplies and, and things are very un. Uh, controllable when you're in that kind of environment, right? And so when you're thinking about that, you have to have contingency plans, you have to have alternatives. But the, the main thing that's really important in that is not just having your backup plans, but also just having the expectation management of saying, things are not always going to be perfect. Things are not always going to go the way that I had hoped. Things are not always going to go the way that I planned. And so when I make my plan for the day, which I try to do each day, ideally you do it the night before, right? You make your plan for the next day. I have to allow myself some flexibility time. You can't plan every single minute of your day and expect that every single thing is going to go perfectly because that never happens. You have to expect interruptions. There's going to be things that don't go well. Meetings get changed. Things get moved around and it's going to happen. And I think you have a lot of people who deal with a lot of stress and anxiety and pessimism and just negativity in their hearts and their minds and their souls because they refuse to accept that that's how life is, you know? And some things I think in life are, are, you know, we have to have this kind of like stoic mentality of it where it's just like some things aren't good or bad they're just inevitable and they just exist. You know, they're just real. It's just a part of life. And I think that we have to study the rules of life, study the way that things are, study our reality so that we can better operate within that reality. And so part of that is just managing your expectations, right? So it doesn't mean, I'm not encouraging you to become pessimistic and to say, you know, things, this, that's not going to work. This is never going to work because those people suck too. And I'm not telling you to be somebody who's just constantly negative, constantly doubting. We hope for the best and we prepare for other things to happen, right? We prepare for less than the best. We prepare, ideally you even prepare for the worst. And you think about some of the things that could happen and come up throughout the day, how are you gonna handle them? When you can be flexible, times that you can't be flexible. You know, I love the analogy of the balls, you know, so every day you're gonna have different tasks and it's like juggling several different balls and some of the balls are glass, some of the balls are rubber. And so some of those things you might be able to push off or be flexible with, but what things in your day can you not be flexible with, you know? And so just thinking about that, what is your expectations when you're going into your day, when you're going into mass, when you're going into the gym, when you're going into whatever it might be, having good solid expectation management. And that requires you to be a little bit intentional and not just plan what you're going to do, but how you're gonna approach it and what you're gonna do if things go wrong. 
And so thinking about that, what is your expectation management process and how do you go about that? Secondly, after you kind of have something that happens to you and you, you experience a change, I think that one of the most important things to do is assess the situation as unemotionally as you can. So as soon as something happens, right? So I'm gonna use this example of last week I was in Florida, right? And so I went down to Florida kind of like as a, as a trip to kind of just create some clarity and vision around seeking excellence to write, to record podcasts, to kind of get ahead on some stuff and, and just kind of enjoy some time. I had some vacation time. So I just wanted to go down to Florida. And so I had some friends of mine down in Florida who convinced me to stay an extra day in Florida so that we can hang out that night, uh, you know, my last night there, which was a Sunday. And so I booked an Airbnb in Fort Lauderdale, stayed an extra day. And like three of the four people who wanted to hang out couldn't come anymore. They told me after I booked everything, changed all my flights, rental car an extra day, changed the airport I was flying in and out of, that they couldn't come anymore, right? And so what do you have to do when you, when you learn something like that? I think one of the things that you have in that moment is you have to, as unemotionally as possible, assess the situation, right? So think like, okay, this is where I'm at. Am I able to change this? Do I have the ability to change it? You know, and this is the value of like the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Beautiful short prayer to pray many times throughout the day. So in this moment, when I find out the news, it's after the 24 hours where I'm not going to be able to cancel stuff anymore. And so it's just like, okay, I can't cancel it. This is my situation now. This is, this is what I have. This is what's going to happen. And so then I can say, okay, well, with the one friend that can still hang out, look at that as the bright side. I'll still get to spend time with that person. And what else can I make out of, out of this into a positive? How can I turn this into a positive situation? And that's what we have to think about. Whenever you have that, you have to assess the situation as unemotionally as possible and say, okay, before I get all worked up, before I get mad at anybody, before I start getting pissed off, before I start sending passive aggressive text messages and things like that, before I start cutting people out of my life, right? Because I'm pissed off. What is the situation? What is happening? Let's gather the facts here. What can I do about it? What are my options? Once you kind of gather all that stuff, you need to accept it as your reality. There's no need to live in denial to try to cling to or try to convince people to do stuff that they don't want to do or they're not willing to prioritize or whatever. It is what it is. Like, that's where we're at now. This is where I'm at. I have an Airbnb booked in Fort Lauderdale. The friends who I booked it for are not going to be able to come anymore. And that's, that's my situation. That's my life. And so then after you have, to, you have to truly, truly be willing to accept that this is your reality. This is the current situation. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we want to deny and, and create, you know, all the stress about and, and just really spend waste a lot of time thinking about why something happened uh, that's completely outside of our control. When somebody cancels on you or somebody leaves your life or somebody, you know, something just doesn't work out. Like we don't have to get down on ourselves and think, oh, woe is me. This always happens to me and turn into a victim. All we have to do is think, okay. What can I do? Like I said earlier, what can I do to make this into a positive? And so I was already in Florida when I found this out. And so I knew that after I'd already been there for a few days, that I wasn't getting the alone time and the quiet time that I really needed. And so I looked at Fort Lauderdale and, that, and the extra day I was going to be able to spend there as, wow, I'll really get a night, a good solid evening with like straight peace and quiet in a new place. And I'm just going to knock out a bunch of my to-do lists and stuff that I have to do gives me a little bit more time to rest here. It's an extra day in Florida. It's not the worst thing in the world. And so I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to go there. And I'll, I, I, you know, I got myself some, some meatball pizza that night. I love meatball pizza, my favorite pizza topping, fun fact. And so I got some pizza that night and, uh, you know, watched a movie while I just knocked out my to-do list and, and just got a lot of stuff done, a lot of emails and different things that I've been procrastinating on for a while and just knocked it out. And so I just said, you know, 
this this sucks like they they chose not to come and they're, they're not going to be here anymore so i kind of you can look at it as like i i wasted the money it's like well you only i always tell people and i told people uh i tell people this all the time especially in regards to taking a book with you anywhere you go is that nobody can waste your time only you can waste your time nobody can waste your time only you can allow your time to be wasted because even if you're going somewhere and you have a long line at the doctor's office or you have to wait a really long time, if you have a book or you have your headphones and listen to a podcast, or if you can do emails or something positive and productive while you're there, or you can pray the rosary while you're sitting somewhere in a doctor's office or something like that, that's not time wasted. That's time well spent. It could be time invested. And so the only way that you can really lose your time or have your time wasted is if you choose to let your time be wasted. And so I've had that happen to me before. You know, I remember uh, another time I, I went to the gym in the morning and packed all my stuff the night before. I, I'm, I'm very, you guys, a lot of you know this, that I'm not super organized. So I, I have to be like extra, I have to overcompensate for that a lot. And so I packed all my stuff the night before. I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm going to crush it at the gym. Then I'm going to go to work, shower. I'm going to get my prayer time in before I get to work before I start working, you know, in the chapel. And so I go to the gym, right? I go to the gym, I get my swole on, I did crush the CrossFit workout, it was awesome. I, I'm pumped up, right? I'm in my new car, I'm driving. I'd had the car for like four days at this point. I'm driving, I'm on cloud nine, beautiful morning, windows down, living the dream, right? I get to work, I have everything that I need except for like my pants or something like that. Like I like left, you know, one article of clothing that was pretty critical, right? Like pants or something like that. And I left it at home. And I'm just like, man, that super sucks. I have to now, and there's a bunch of traffic right at this point in the morning. And so I'm like, man, now I have, I have literally like a 45 minute round trip drive now, maybe an hour, depending on traffic to go home and get my pants. I did everything right, except for this. I'm like, there goes my prayer time. All this stuff is gone, right? And so immediately, like you're kind of pissed off. I'm frustrated. I'm like, no, you have to stop those thoughts as soon as they come up. So as soon as you have that negative reaction, you start to think, Oh man, what was me? This sucks. Like, why'd I do this? I'm such an idiot. Like, stop it immediately. Just cancel it. It's like when you see something pop up on your screen, right? Especially back in the day when we had a bunch of crap would pop up on your computer screen and you just want to cancel it. Like you accidentally press a button and you want to cancel it from loading. Just cancel it, exit out, cross that out. We're not doing that today. I'm not, I'm not starting off my day this way. It's not worth it just for some pants. I'm going to ruin my whole morning off some pants. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to get it together. So I'm not doing that. So I, what I did was I assessed and I, I got back in the car, gave myself a moment to think. And I said, okay, let's assess the situation. Undoubtedly have to go home. I don't have an extra pair of pants here. That's the reality. That's what I have to do. How can I turn this into a positive situation? I said, you know what? I'm not going to miss, totally miss my prayer time. I'm going to listen to my audio book on the way home. I'm going to pray the rosary in the car on the way back. And that's what I did. So I still got some prayer time in. I got some extra audiobook time in. I, I grew my intelligence that day. I learned some stuff. And I still got some solid prayer time. Not as good as being in a chapel focused on the Lord in front of the tabernacle. But praying the rosary in the car is not bad. And so it's still turning into a good morning. And so we're able to turn things around in a lot of ways. If you cancel those thoughts, I could have just listened to music on the way home and beat myself up and talked about how stupid I was and what an idiot I am. And how could I do this? I can't believe this happened. Things always happen to me. But what, what good does that do? Who does that help? It doesn't help me. That's for damn sure. So what am I going to sit here and complain and, and cry about the bad things that happened today when you can turn those bad things into good things? And they might not be the same good things as you originally planned and hoped for, but they're good nonetheless. So let's talk about some bigger changes because, you know, the thing about the little changes is those are going to be the ones that happen more often in your life, right? Like these are your common occurrences. 
And so those are the things that you really want to get good at being able to do the skill set and developing the habit. It's a habit and a skill, I believe, to be able to cancel those negative thoughts when they start creeping up in your mind. And you have to have that. You have to develop that and, and strengthen that constantly. But you also, you know, are going to deal with the bigger changes in life. And these are typically much more outside of your control. Sometimes they're within your control. Sometimes they're not. Mourning the loss of a loved one, divorce, or, you know, somebody breaking up with you or getting fired from your job. Sometimes those things are really, really big time out of your control. And so you still have to do a very similar process of assess, assess, accept, and take action, right? It's just that that process is going to be stretched out over a little bit bigger period of time. And there's some other steps, you know, kind of mini steps that are in there as well. And so it's still important to, you know, assess the situation and give yourself time to assess the situation. There's times, obviously, in the little changes where you have to rush it. Sometimes in big changes or big things that happen, you might have to rush the decision as well. But typically, you can assess the situation and give yourself some time to think and just take in all the facts. That's one of the biggest things, I think, is being able to take in the facts, process what they mean, see how you feel about them, pray about them, discern about them, and then accept the reality. But you can't even accept the reality of the situation until you've assessed the situation, you've taken in all the facts, you know? And so when you're going through some of these bigger life changes and situations, you have to be assessing, you know, what is happening. Okay. So, you know, a few weeks ago, I decided to, to leave my job. And uh, when that happens, I'm like, okay, uh, this is how much time I can live. I assess my finances, right? Like, what am I looking at? Like, wh- how much of a rush am I in to get another job? Where are things at with seeking excellence? Where are things at in my relationship? What are my potential opportunities where I have leads to go do something else? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what would my ideal be? Because that's something that's really important as well, right? Is like thinking about a week from now, a month from now, three months from now, what would my ideal circumstances be? Okay, now with all the facts and things that I have now, how can I start to try to make those ideal circumstances come to life? Once you assess the situation, then you can accept the reality for what it is and say, okay, you know, I'm not going to be working there at this place anymore. It's kind of sad. I'm going to probably leave the city that I'm living in. I love my apartment. That's kind of sad, right? And so with accepting the reality, you have to allow yourself some time to mourn and some time to process these things, right? For me, typically, my emotions, I'm kind of a delayed emotional processor, right? So like when something bad happens or relationship ends or I leave a job or I leave friends or I move or something like that, like in the moment, I get kind of focused on what's happening because I'm so focused on assessing and accepting and taking action that I really don't process the emotions and the feelings that are accompanying all the stuff that's kind of happening, all the changes that are taking place. But I do eventually, right? So I know that that's going to come a little bit later and I give myself time to deal with that and to process that and to pray about it and to just kind of work through that and just kind of like embrace the fact that like things are sad. So when I talk about turning negative things into positive things, it doesn't mean that you don't, that you just like stuff down the emotions. It doesn't mean you just ignore the frustration, ignore the pain, ignore the regret. No, absolutely not. You're still going to deal with those, but why not make the most of the situation while you have the opportunity to do so? And then also, you know, the more, the bigger it is, the bigger the problem. Something like forgetting my pants at home does not need a lot of processing, right? Like I need to make sure in the future, do I need to write like an actual checklist? I need to go through my clothes. I know the process that I go through typically to go through my clothes and think about everything that I don't need to be wearing the next day and make sure that I have them. Um, You know, in this case, I think what I actually did was just left the hanger on my chair. Like I just left it, I picked up the gym bag, left the hanger. And it's like, that's got, you just got to do better, you know, sometimes just got to do better, man. Like, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, there's no process really to go through that uh, with that, except for maybe get to the car and check and make sure you have everything when I get down the two flights of stairs, not to the car. 
but you know, uh, you want to, you want to assess, you want to, you want to take time to process and, you know, reflect back on how can I make things better? How could I have changed it to do that? But for me personally, I think that that's better to do a little bit later, you know, because I think that, like I said, the assessing of the situation has to be as unemotional as possible in order to really have clarity on it. Then once you have the facts and you have the truth and the facts is as clear as you possibly can. And the, th the thing about emotions is they're going to confuse or, con you know, contort the facts a little bit and you're not going to be able to see things as clearly. So if you can unemotionally step back and say, okay, let me gather all the facts. Now let me stop and think, how do I feel about it? How did it make me feel? What, what could I have done better to avoid the negative situation that was created? What processes or what character, you know, development needs to take place or, um, what, what can I instill? What, what friendships, what accountability do I need that, that will help me to avoid this in the future? And then you give yourself the time to, uh, you know, really kind of accept all of those things and then think about, okay, what is the best course of action? Casting out that vision of a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, where do I want to be? What are my options? You know, asking yourself, what are your options? You know, because I think that so often when people come to me and they ask me for advice, right? So I have, you know, friends who are, coming out of college or coming out of the army and they're like, Oh, this is what I'm thinking about. Or what do you think about this or that? And all my, my question all the time is always, what are all your options? You have to have all of your options and, and be able to think about what, okay, what are all your options? What is it that you hope to accomplish? Where do you want to be a year from now, five years from now? What is the goal to accomplish that? And so you have to kind of reassess and think about, you know, what, what is it that I have available to me and where do I want to go, right? So that's really important because each decision, different things you make are going to be kind of different vehicles to get you where you want to go. If you want to go to Europe, you're not going to be able to take a bike, right? You're not going to be able to drive a car. You're going to need a boat or an airplane. And so thinking about your jobs or relationships or different things, different opportunities, when things change, you have to be thinking about, okay, I still need to find something that's going to help me get to where I'm ultimately trying to go which for all of us, hopefully ultimately is heaven, right? So you're always thinking about things in that regard as well, which also, you know, kind of leads me to uh, the, the other big thing that whenever this happens in little changes and big changes, the importance of prayer. So in those little changes, when you're trying to cancel a negative thought, the best way to cancel a negative thought, hands down, is to pray. It could be a quick Hail Mary. It could be just a quick Lord Jesus, help me, you know, Holy Spirit, come and fill my mind with positive thoughts you know, like thinking about those things. Um, a, a, a short one that's the beginning of the St. Augustine prayer that I pray every day is breathing me all Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. You know, when you feel like you're getting attacked with negativity and those negative thoughts are coming up, a St. Michael prayer is really strong as well. Guardian angel prayer, another great one. Serenity prayer, drop the serenity prayer, drop a Hail Mary, whatever it might be. Just a quick little God help me, you know, get these negative thoughts out of my mind. Something practical like that. The Lord is eager to help you in those situations. So praying about it. And then those bigger decisions, you want to really take all that assessment, all those emotions, all the options, all the outcomes you're hoping for. That's what I want to take to prayer, right? So when I'm thinking about all these things, I'm, I take, you know, I, I take note of where everything is at, where I want to be, where I think God's calling me to be, all this stuff. That's what I'm going to take to prayer and really start to, you know, see with the boss, like, hey, just like I would if I was presenting to a boss, like if I was, if you're presenting to a, your CEO, right, or your manager, you want to take them all the facts so they can make the best decision and give you the best guidance for where you're, where you're at in your situation. That's what I want to do with the king of the universe, right? So when I, I go before Jesus, I, you know, if I, as best I can, there's going to be times where it's like, you're just exasperated and it's, Lord, I have no idea what to do. And you can go to him then too. But what I'd like to do for best discernment is to say, Lord, this is everything I have. Just like I would go to a mentor or a parent or a friend or, you know, somebody that I'm looking to for counsel, I would go to them with all the facts and everything as well. And that's what I do with the Lord. 
And so I think one of the, the last things, you know, is, is setting yourself criteria for decision making. And so this is really important. So when you have those bigger changes in life and you're thinking about what job do I want to take next? What's the type of person I want to date next? What, you know, what do I want to do with this big thing in my life is thinking about what is your criteria that you're going to make your decision on. So for example, when I was getting out of the army, I made four major criteria for my next job. And so they were salary, the control of my time, job satisfaction, and location, because those are the four things that were the most important to me. And so what I knew, expectation management, was that if I had a 10 in one, I would likely have a two in, the, in another. So if I got a job where I was making $90,000 a year, 90,000, six figures, might've been a 10 on the, the salary scale, I was gonna have a two in control of my time. They were gonna want all of Nathan Crankville, which I do not love. And so then I was thinking, okay, I basically want all of the scores to be between a six and an eight, with ideally an average of about a seven and a half, seven across the board. And so when you think about things that way, it gives you a lot of clarity and it can help you to think more clearly about what your options are and what your, your best next step would be. But just thinking about that, you know, how can you, best, how can you grow in managing your expectations? How can you start to maintain positivity and hope that things will work out and trust that things will work out in the end, but expect that you'll also have some setbacks, some bumps along the road, and that things aren't going to go perfectly for you because they never will. They're never going to go perfectly. So you might as well start to adapt and prepare yourself so that you can deal with the changes taking place in your life on a daily basis. And think about all the time when you're in that moment, cancel those negative thoughts out. Think about how can I make the most of the situation? Because that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do as Catholics, as Christians, as just good virtuous people on this earth. We're called to make the most of the situations that are given to us. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're here for. There'd be lights in the world. And so I want to thank you for your time today. Also, go and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Seeking365, at Seeking365, and check out our website, thosewhoseek.org. Subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel as well. You can catch these on video, on YouTube, and on the podcast on all uh, streaming platforms. So go uh, and think about, you know, continue to pray about, discern about all these different things and, and how you can be better prepared to deal with change in your own life because, uh, you know, it's really going to be, it's really going to be an impactful, impactful skill to have and to develop. So God bless and be your best.